0: Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is
1: such a great conversation about America, our future, what's going to save our republic. We
0: have a great football
1: player, Matt Whitaker is here, Matt. They tried to bury me, they didn't realize I was a C. It's a touchdown! Whitaker! Former Acting U.S. Attorney General. Under President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. Welcome to Liberty and Justice. I'm your host, Matt Whittaker. Remember, today's episode is sponsored by American Cornerstone Institute, and I'm excited to welcome Brandon Judd, someone that uh, most of you are not going to uh, question his bona fides. He is a uh, Border Patrol agent, retired uh, recently, and is now uh, running the Border Patrol main union. And... uh all-around patriot, a true warrior. It's been fighting uh, on the front lines of this uh, current crisis. And so, Brandon, thanks for joining us. It's good to be with
0: you. And even though I'm retired, I'm still there with my agents every single day, still deal with this and live this nightmare all the time.
1: Yeah, and it is a nightmare. Uh, You know, I I think back not too long ago uh, when uh, when I was at the Department of Justice and how hard we worked uh, to put policies in place, that made a huge difference. Uh, you know, obviously, we had uh, Remain in Mexico. We had Safe Third Country. We had just so many, you know, we, we prosecuted people uh, that violated the law, like uh, entering our country illegally between ports of entry, you know, uh, repeat offenders. We just had so many uh, tools in place, and we fought so hard to get them in place. And so many times in court, you know, we hired more uh, uh, asylum judges that were, grinding through the docket. I think we reduced it to less than a year to get a hearing in our immigration courts, and it's all gone. I mean, talk about how bad it is. I mean, like you said, you're there every day with your guys. Uh, talk about you know, how frustrating it must be for them to you know, be asked to do the impossible right now. Well, you said the key word. You said policy, and that's what this comes down
0: to. Everything that we're dealing with, it strictly comes down to policy. We don't need more technology. We don't need more resources. We don't need more infrastructure that's putting the the burden of all of this onto the taxpayer. We don't want that. What we want to be able to do is we want to be able to properly enforce the laws. And if we could do that, we could drop this illegal immigration crisis to, to record lows, and then we would be able to go after the cartels. But because our hands are being tied by by these cartels flooding our resources, they recognize that they're pulling us out of the field, creating artificial gaps in our coverage. And that's when they're crossing their more value valuable product. That's when they're bringing in the fentanyl, the cocaine, the methamphetamine. That's when they're bringing in the, the aliens from special interest countries, the countries that want to do us harm. That's when the criminal aliens are able to cross. And it strictly comes down to policy. If Biden wouldn't have gotten rid of all of all, all the good policies that, that President Trump, you were there, that you also helped to put in place, we wouldn't be in this situation. This is not an issue about resources. It's strictly an issue of policy.
1: No, and, and you're absolutely right. And I and I think about um, some of these recent numbers we've heard. You know, obviously the December numbers came out with three hundred thousand as the headline number. But I think what worried me the most in 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 a lot of this has been the known gotaways. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about known gotaways, and then uh, tell me if there are also things unknown gotaways, folks that were never. Uh, even sensed, uh, coming into our country and like how, how dangerous that is. The scariest aspect of border security are those
0: individuals that are crossing our borders illegally and are able to evade apprehension. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't know what their intentions are here in the United States. What we do know is we know that, that nearly 2 million people that we, that we detected have been able to evade apprehension. That is a very scary number. And then on top of it, you have to also recognize that we don't detect everybody. We certainly don't have the resources to be able to do that because, again, our hands are tied. And so we should figure that that number is probably nearly double that 1.7, 1.8 million people. So, so on top of all of the releases that have taken place in the United States, we also have nearly 4 million people that have been able to evade apprehension. It's not whether an attack is going to come on our soil. It's when, it's not an if,
1: it's when it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's very frightening. And that's, again, you know, every one of these crimes that are committed by people that are in our country illegally are crimes that should never happen in the first place. I mean, I think about exactly. the angel moms. Yeah. I think about the angel moms. I think about, uh, you know, these uh, future victims. I think about those police officers that were recently, uh, attacked up in New York city. And and those folks, uh, you know, were, you know, they, they're they probably never going to be brought to justice because they were arraigned and released without bond. And, and they're not held. Nobody's detained. It's just, you know, there's just a, an overall lawlessness, um, you know, that I think is uh, following this administration. We see it with our own eyes on the southern border. And I just, you know, I'm just I'm incredibly concerned because at the end of the day, public safety is just a meat and potatoes issue. Um, you know that everybody cares about, and now that the border is is affecting every one of our fifty states, I just you know, it, it crisis just doesn't seem to capture. If you come up with a better word, I don't, I, I I can't seem to.
0: Well, the rule of law is what makes our country great in the first place. You know, we're not like Venezuela, we're not like Mexico, we're not like all of these other countries that completely, totally, um, you know, refuse to abide by the law. Well, until. Joe Biden, obviously. Um, uh, but that's, that's why we're seeing, um, so many people that fear to go out into the streets. That's why we're seeing so many people that are scared to let their children ride their bicycles in the na- in their neighborhoods. That's why we see so many parents that fear letting their children, you know, go across town to go to the swimming pool. It, it's, it's crazy to think that by not properly enforcing the laws, people think that this is actually a good thing. If we properly enforce the laws, we would still stay. if we properly enforce the laws, freedom actually is enhanced. It's not diminished. It's enhanced when we enforce the rule of law. And there's a lot, we have much safer communities. So it's really crazy to think that in order to score political points, Joe Biden is willing to put the safety and security of the American people aside because he knows that that's what his base wants. His base wants open borders. His base constantly is on top of him to to make sure that there are open borders. Look at the look at the people in the White House. The White House is permeated with left leaning not just left leaning activists. We're talking about far left activists. That's what's in the White House today. So of course they're pushing for open borders. Of course they're pushing to defund the police. Of course they're not worried about your safety and security. They're worried about their own their own political
1: prospects. Yeah. And I, you know, I think one of the kind of key issues right now, uh, as I look at sort of the 2000 miles of our Southern border and, you know, just like what's going on in Arizona, but especially what's taking place in Eagle pass with the standoff between really, you know, it's not just the state of Texas. There's at least 25 States that are, uh, supporting, uh, te- what Texas is doing. I mean, where, you know, is, is, is that what has to happen? I, you know, if, if the if the federal government isn't willing to enforce the law, are the states going to have to step up and, and do this in something that has I, traditionally been a federal issue? I certainly think so. I, th- I
0: certainly think that he has the right. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what the Supreme Court ultimately determines. You know, we got to remember, the Supreme Court did not say that he has to take down that razor wire. They didn't say that. All they said was that Border Patrol agents have the right to cut that wire. To take people into custody that already violated our laws. Now, make no mistake, border patrol agents don't want to do that. But if they receive a lawful order, like the Supreme Court ruled, they, they ultimately have to do it. Now, I get the question all the time, well, isn't there going to be fighting between the the National Guard and the border front? And the answer is absolutely not. We recognize that they needed to take over Shelby Park. We, you know, we don't have a problem with that and we're going to support them just like they're going to support us in our mission. Now, make no mistake. Also, if we're given an unlawful order, we will not follow that order. If we're told that we have to release people without taking them into custody, fingerprinting them, and probably pro- processing them, we're not going to follow that order. We will do what's lawful, and we will push back against anything that is unlawful.
1: And that's, I mean, obviously, that's what you do. is You execute the laws uh, that Congress has passed and, um, you know, these, these discretionary uh, prosecution decisions and— uh, you know, the phone and the pen philosophy of Obama and Biden and those types, I just think is so offensive uh, to, to the American people. And, uh, you know, this issue, you know, you and I were together years ago in Arizona and talking about these same issues, and I think it's finally breaking through uh, the American consciousness. I think, I think, you know, not only are the news stations talking about it, but you just can't ignore it. I mean, when, when the, every city like New York and Chicago Is dealing with the consequences of this, I think it is, you know, it's finally time, I guess, you know, for, for this administration to address it, but they seem to, they're instinctually wanting to make the wrong decision at every turn. You know, I mean, it is, it is, uh, and, and, and part of me thinks it's cynical and and thinks that they, they know exactly what they're doing. So when they come out and they say, you know, pass this new border law and, I'll immediately, you know, turn the switch off and close the border. And, and like, that's not what he said. I mean, I. It's so disingenuous to suggest, you know, essentially said when we're so overwhelmed that the system collapses, we'll shut down the border. But how are you going to do that if the system's overwhelmed in the first place? I mean, we, we've, you know, we've unfortunately, your, you know, your guys have had to deal with this uh, being overwhelmed. And I, and I, and I, and I want to emphasize something you said that people need to understand how this actually works. These cartels, which control the Southern border, know exactly how to use these asylum seekers to get the attention of every border patrol agent in the, in the sector. And then, you know, they use that, you know, overwhelming numbers to then run people uh, that are, you know, shouldn't be and, and drugs and whatever else through another place in the border and, you know, to avoid being caught. It's just, you know, we're being played by Mexico. We're being played by the cartels. And, you know, this is obviously, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I'm supporting a candidate that will take this on and, and control this border. And I certainly think that, you know, we just, this this, this issue is not going away anytime soon.
0: Well, think about the irony. You, you mentioned uh, Mayor Johnson. You mentioned uh, Mayor Adams. Well, you didn't mention by name, but you did yeah. Chicago and New York. But think about the irony. They have unwittingly become the face of border security. Every single time they open their mouth, they force the mainstream media to go out and actually report. Now, they'll sweep this under the carpet as long as no powerful Democrat like Johnson or Adams talks. So every single time they go out there and they say something, even though they're saying the wrong thing, even though they're, they're not advocating for a secure border, they just want more money from the federal government, but every single time that they talk about how their cities are overwhelmed, how they need more money, every single time they do that, then the American public gets a glimpse of exactly how bad uh, illegal immigration is. And again, we're not talking about legal immigration. We're talking about illegal immigration. So they have unwittingly become the face of war security. That's irony right there. Then on top of it, you, you have to look at what you also said. The Mexican government, the cartels, you know, there is no reason for the Mexican government to want to stop this. This illegal immigration, drug smuggling, it brings in billions of dollars to their economy every single year. So they're complicit in everything that goes on. And on top of it, of course, the corruption that exists in Mexico. And that's why what President Trump did was, was absolutely amazing. When he forced them to take back these illegal border crossers into their country to to wait their asylum proceedings. He did it because he came from a position of strength, not a weak a position of weakness, which is what Joe Biden constantly does. He went to them and he said, I am going to impose tariffs greater than the amount of money these cartels are able to make. You better step to the plate. You better do what you need to do. Otherwise, you're, I'm going to cripple your economy. So, of course, Mexico did exactly what President Trump wanted to do. That's the that we have to, to operate from. Instead, Biden goes to them and says, hey, please help me. And by the way, how much money do you want me to give you for you to help me? Uh, of course, they're not going to because the cartels are going to push back on that. The cartels want to generate this astronomical process. That's why Mexico is complicit.
1: You know, I, you can't be uh, in a position of leadership uh, and not think about the ordinary guys and the ordinary women that are actually doing these jobs and so tell me you know you're with these folks every single day what is life like uh in the border patrol for the you know the agent that's in uh and supposed to be defending our southern border kind of talk to me about kind of what you see and what what they're feeling right now
0: yeah. In my, in my 25 year career, I've never seen the morale lower than what it is right now. It is very difficult for these men and women to put on their uniform every single day, go out and risk their lives, knowing that all they're doing is actually completing the, the smuggling cycle. Truth is, is if Joe Biden was not the president today, I would go arrest him for aiding and abetting these cartels. Unfortunately, you know that he's not subject to our laws. Um, and so he's able to do what he's doing. But when you think about that, all the cartels do is facilitate the travel to our border. They tell them where to cross and then they tell they coach them on exactly what they need to say to release them. Then we ultimately transport them while well, our government through NGOs who they're giving the money to. They then transport them to wherever they want to go. So this administration is actually completing the smuggling cycle and it's crazy to think that we would have that type of corruption right here in the greatest country in the world.
1: Yeah, and I guess the only thing that heartens me is knowing that uh kind of like at the Department of Justice where we were able to sort of restore uh you know a lot of of morale within the law enforcement community, you know, federal, state and local, I think we can do the same uh at you know CBP. I think we could really uh, without much, but just, you know, not, you know, be aligned. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing As I look at this, this administration is not aligned with what's the fundamental mission of the, you know, the border patrol. And that's, and and obviously that would be demoralizing and that would, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's hard to recruit, retain, you know, and get, get good folks, um, that want to make a career of it and do 25 years like, like you did. And, I just, you know, I, I, if you, when you see your guys, you know, obviously there are many of us that are very appreciative and tell them to hang in there. Uh, and as you know, help is on the way. I will absolutely do that. All we want to do, Matt is our job. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, what, um, as we finish up, you know, this chat, what do you think, um, as we head into the, you know, 2024 general election, what do you think in, uh, the typical American vo- voter should be thinking about uh, as they think about this border crisis? Because it's multifaceted. Obviously, it's a humanitarian, um, you know, calamity, but it's also uh, we've lost a hundred thousand of our fellow citizens a year to fentanyl and uh, opioid and and other drug overdoses, which is just completely unacceptable. Um, and just there's so many pieces and parts to this. But what? How would you distill it down? You know, for the American uh, citizen and 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 how should they think about this situation?
0: Obviously, elections have consequences. When, we are, uh, when Joe Biden was inaugurated, we, he he completely destroyed all of our border policies immediately. That's why we saw a huge increase in, in the number of people crossing our borders illegally. He gave control of our borders to the cartels. He allowed all of this fentanyl coming in, all of these hundreds of thousands of deaths that we've had since he's been in office. It is directly because the cartels have control of our border. That's what what people need to think about. People need to think about how the rule of law affects their personal lives. And if they think about that, they'll recognize that you have to have the right people in office. And if you have the right people in office, we prosper. And that's all we want. And that's what I want them to think about.
1: Yeah, that's such so well said. Well, Brandon, thank you for taking just a little bit of time. I mean, obviously the folks that watch Liberty and Justice Uh, are very familiar with you. You're on TV a lot talking about these important issues, but you know, I think it's good to, you know, to talk about just the the folks that are actually on the front line doing this hard work, how, you know, they are demoralized, but they know they are probably hopeful uh, that there will be some changes in these policies in the future that will, you know, make their jobs easier and and better align with what their mission is. So. Thanks for being with us. Uh, is there how can people keep track of what you're doing? Uh, what are you involved in? Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. We've
0: got we we let you know exactly what the facts are. We let you know exactly what what is doing. But Matt, it's it's always good to talk to you. Keep up the good work. We we really appreciate all that you're doing.
1: All right. Well, you be safe out there as you travel around this great country, and I'm sure I'll see you soon, my friend. But thanks for being on Liberty and Justice. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Liberty and Justice.